Each week, we examine the stadium beat from every angle. With athletes like Fred Lynn. The Green Monster, they call it that for a reason. About 12 foot of it from the ground to about 12 foot up was concrete. And if you hit that, I mean, it would just tear your skin off. Joe Theismann. What a great idea this is to be able to talk about the hallowed structures that exist today. Once again, with your ticket to the action, here's Bill Hazen. If you're thinking of going on a baseball pilgrimage, seek the advice of Graham Knight. He's done it. Seeing over 250 games in over 100 ballparks, including all of the Major League parts currently in use. It's all chronicled on his website, BaseballPilgrimages.com. Today, Graham will conduct his own special guided tour here on Stadiums USA Radio. But first, the stadium's beat with Jeff Schmidt. Jeff? Well, the Tampa Bay Times reports the Buccaneers have extended their naming rights agreement for Raymond James Stadium through the year 2027. The financial services company name has been on the venue since it opened in 1998. The stadium, which is currently undergoing a number of renovations, has hosted a pair of Super Bowls and will be the site of college football's national championship game in January. Also in Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays officials met with city and Hillsborough County leaders this week to discuss potential stadium sites. A total of nine different sites were discussed both inside and outside of the Tampa city limits. The Rays' current lease at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg expires in 2027. Well, don't worry, Sun Devil fans, your stadium will be ready in time for kickoff of the 2016 season. So says the Arizona State Athletic Department. Arizona State posted a tweet this week confirming the second phase of renovation will be complete sometime in August. New concourses and upgraded Wi-Fi connectivity among the many upgrades. The Sun Devils home opener is September 3rd against Northern Arizona. A local group of architects and designers in San Diego predict cost overruns associated with the downtown stadium and convention center complex. The San Diego Union-Tribune reports the group says a plan to build a new stadium in Mission Valley is a better option. The American Institute of Architects San Diego envision parking and traffic issues and say the scope of the project downtown is too small. San Diego residents vote on a stadium plan in November. Caterpillars and earth movers are shaking the dirt in downtown Milwaukee as site preparation continues on the new Bucks Arena. A groundbreaking ceremony for the $524 million venue takes place June 18th. At the same time, construction is getting underway on the team's new practice facility located just northwest of the new arena site. And some very clever minor league ballpark promotions taking place next week. Friday, June the 10th, the Pawtucket Red Sox are featuring Free Brady Friday. Any fans with the name Tom or Brady will be admitted to McCoy Stadium at no charge. All ceremonial first pitches and in-game promotions will use footballs instead of baseballs. Rumor has it the Paw Sox plan no testing of promotional balls prior to the game. And on a similar note, the Buffalo Bisons are preparing for their special night, 
Deflategate evening. Buy one ticket, get the next ticket free if you bring a properly inflated football to be donated to a local youth football league. You also receive a discount at the Bison's Team Store if you add a Tom Brady jersey to the post-game fireworks display. And like Pawtucket, anyone with the name Tom or Brady will be admitted in for free, but will be suspended from watching the first four innings with no appeals. Bill, that is the very latest. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. How do you make lemonade out of lemons? Well, we're going to meet a guy who knows not only how to do that, but he's actually taken on a totally different and fascinating career in the process. He was a gentleman who, like the rest of us, was a workaday person, saved up vacation time, went on vacation, only to find that he had lost his job in the process. And so his life changed while he was on the trip. He was going to spring training to watch baseball and he made a different turn the journey began for him that personal misfortune of the moment afforded him the opportunity to do something that he had always imagined and that is travel the country for the ultimate baseball pilgrimage he has seen all of the ballparks and hence the name of his website baseballpilgrimages.com graham knight is our guest graham you have a passion for baseball there is no question about that and where does that come from bill i guess uh, i blame my dad or congratulate my dad this is what we did growing up like i actually was fortunate enough to grow up in a city called washington pennsylvania which is the home of Pony League Baseball. So there's Little League Baseball on the other side of the state. And in Washington, we had Pony League Baseball. So it's just as big there. They have the World Series. Teams come from all over. Mm -hmm. I really grew up with that every day. That's what I was exposed to. So my dad, being a huge baseball fan, um, and living in that particular city where, you know, Youth League Baseball was such a big deal, that was all we did. You know, when we had basketball hoops installed in our backyard, we used those to throw baseball that, you know, to get within the square to perfect our aim from long distances. We never used it for basketball. So it's been something since I was five or six years old that I can't remember baseball not being a part of my life, uh, either in a substantial way or at least, uh, you know, as a fan or as a young player. Graham, are you a game counter? Can you tell me how many games you've actually attended? I'll bet you you could come pretty close since, uh, say, 2001 or when you took this turn and decided this is the direction I'm going to go. Now, people count these in different ways. So I decided to start keeping track in 2001. I've been to plenty of places before, plenty of games before. My parents have been season ticket holders uh, at Turner Field when it first opened. But I didn't count how many games we were going to back in the mid-90s, late-90s. But the one thing I decided to do is focus on professionally used ballparks. If I'm just counting the, you know, the ballparks in which I've seen a professional game, whether it's spring training, regular season, minor league, independent league, or even the playoffs or World Series, that number I think is about 530. And that only includes that exact criteria. So I recently had a trip a couple weeks ago down in Florida. I was able to see a couple of extended spring training games and a couple of minor league games all on the same day, four games in one day. Um, there's different ways to count them. There's different ways to count your visits. I've been to uh, numerous ballparks um, that I haven't seen a game at, whether it's far away like uh, Everett, Washington, or I live in Georgia, and it took me years to finally see a game in Savannah. 
theater at the minor league level, so I didn't count that as a ballpark visit until I officially saw it. Uh, it's easier to do at the major league level. You know, the schedules are pretty concrete. Uh, teams don't move as much, um, you know, and, and it's easier to fly to, you know, these big cities as opposed to some of these remote places. Well, Graham, you have a fascinating situation here. For years, you've been going to the ballparks, but now we're going to flip it around, and the mountain is going to come to Muhammad because the, <laughs> the Major League Ballpark for the Atlanta Braves is coming right to your doorstep. You live in Cobb County, at least you do right now, and I know you've been over there a couple of times to look it over. We have been hearing stories about how bad the traffic is in that area. Mark Medorin covers this very closely in our Talking Shop segment. He has a lot of friends down there, and they tell him it is not good. Give us an idea from your own experience. How bad is this going to get? From a traffic standpoint, I would agree it's not good, but it's already not good. So if you're saying on a scale of 1 to 10, it's already a 10 in terms of not being good. Well, they can't get worse than that. But it, to me, it's not really worse where the Braves are in downtown Atlanta, Turner Field, a little bit south of downtown. It's difficult to get there during the week. You know, you're going to have to deal with rush hour traffic. Atlanta does not have good public transit. You cannot take what we call the MARTA here, uh, our local subway. You can't take that directly to Turner Field now. It drops you off about a mile, mile and a half from the ballpark. Um, that service doesn't exist at where what's going to be called SunTrust Park, the name they've chosen. Uh, that doesn't exist there, so you will have to drive there. So everybody arriving will be doing so by car. So it's not going to be pretty, but it's already not good. So I think we're kind of used to it, <laughs> unfortunately. Graham Knight, our guest, his website, BaseballPilgrimages.com, and it's all about a continuing story and a continuing love for baseball that Graham has. And Graham, it is appropriate to say that you have seen every one of the major league ballparks currently in use. Is that not correct? That is correct. Uh, and in my life, I've managed to see games at 44 different major league stadiums, obviously 14 of those are no longer active, uh, but next year I'll be up to a number 45 in the Braves uh, come to Cup 10. What are your observations about the state of baseball based on the facilities that you visited? To me, I would say that it couldn't be better because I grew up going to games uh, at Three Rivers Stadium and Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, split my youth between Pittsburgh and Atlanta, and I didn't know they were bad or they weren't going to be considered good. They were places you just went to watch baseball. But as the social, basically the landscape of everything has changed nowadays, people are looking for a full entertainment experience. You go to a football stadium, everybody's checking their fantasy football rosters. It's actually better to watch the game at home on your big flat screen TV. At baseball, they really they kind of figured it out where attendance continues to rise where these other sports are suffering. And so much has to do with the facilities that they have. We're in, a, in an era that, you know, wouldn't have seemed possible when the White Sox were building the uh, Comiskey Park Part 2, and then you had Cam Yards come aboard, and it's hard to believe it's been 1992. It's over 20 years ago. That lease is going to run out soon. Obviously, they're not going to go anywhere, but it's amazing how different the sport is for the generation of fans now than it was for anybody that really was a fan of the sport prior to the mid-'90s. What parks have caught your eye? And perhaps on that list, there may be one or two, uh, which may surprise us. Uh, to me, um, you know, I kind of almost have to throw Fenway and Wrigley out because uh, those are great for their 
own reasons, their own right, you know, especially if somebody loves uh, history of the sport like myself. But I think the best of the ballparks that have been built in the last 100 years, I'll put it that way, is TNC Park in Pittsburgh. And so much of that has to do, not just with the structure, but where it's placed, what you can see looking out of it, whether it's the bridges or the rivers or the downtown landscape. You can take a ferry to the game. I've been there many times, and that's what I do. I park in the parking garage across the Allegheny and take a ferry on over to the to the shore where the ballpark is. I don't think that surprises anybody. And prior to the Royals getting, you know, what a crazy world we live in now where the Royals are defending World Series champions. But their stadium was unbelievable even before that renovation they went through about seven years ago. So Cockman Stadium is an absolute joy. The fact that you can walk around now out there in the outfield area where the waterfalls are is amazing. And another one I really enjoy uh, is Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. And the only problem there is just, you know, it admits a bunch of parking lots and other stadiums. So the NBA arena is there, the football stadium next door. So it doesn't have a great atmosphere in terms of the exact area. And that's something that, you know, the Braves really wanted with their move was to get to a place where they could have shops and restaurants and hotels that they would control, they would profit off of. But you're talking about the entire atmosphere outside of the ballpark has totally changed. They don't have that at Turner Field now. They don't have that in Philadelphia. They really don't have that in Kansas City. But many other places, that's kind of something you're starting to see as teams are looking for other ways to generate revenue outside of, you know, 80-something ball games a year. Graham, one of the interesting things in your website, you have a section there which goes over a number of the unique aspects of individual ballparks, things that a fan normally wouldn't see. Tell us about some of these uh, ballpark gems, if you will, <laughs> some of the things that when uh, somebody goes to a ballpark, they'll have a chance to see it. Yeah, that's a good point. And and if you're just going to one game or even a couple, you're probably not aware of all the etceteras that are there within the ballpark. And I'll use Tropicana Field as an example just because I've been there a lot and I've been there recently. But they have a couple things in the outfield that, you know, one is a, a touch tank where they have actual live, you know, they're originally called the Devil Rays. So, the you know, the rays are swimming around. You can go and pet them and feed them. There's a line for that. But you can see that. Because every now and then somebody will hit a home run in the actual touch tank. But they also have at Tropicana Field the Ted Williams Hitters Hall of Fame and Museum, which was originally another city in Florida and another building. When he passed away, they actually moved that to the ballpark. And it's only open on game day. It's not really promoted, and it's only open through the sixth inning. But it is a museum within the ballpark. It is fascinating, you know, at, at all the stuff that you can learn about people that Ted Williams wanted to induct into the greatest hitters of all time. There's also a lot more, you know, there's some information about stadiums and just, uh, you know, other players in general. Uh, Fenway Park, it, it would probably be best to take a tour of Fenway on a non-game day or hours before the game. That way you can get up and see the green monster seats. You can go out and touch the pesky pole and write your name on it if you want to, as so many people do over the years. And sometimes taking a tour of the ballpark is the best way to do it just because there's so many people they're going to block you from getting, you know, maybe some of the places you'd like to see on a game day. I went into your site, and there's an area called Abandoned Ballparks. And I can't believe how many parks have been abandoned since 1999. How does this speak to a kind of a vital nature and the very uh, healthy situation regarding stadium construction? 
Well, I think it's a good and bad thing. I think originally, you're going back, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was me too of them, where if, you know, the Indians had a new stadium, well, when the Tigers had a new stadium, it was that way to compete. Everybody had to be in a level playing field. Well, now everybody has new ballparks. And so that spread to the minor leagues. Cities saw this as a way to, oh, I think they would say create jobs and, and whatnot. But it's usually more for publicity, quality of life. It's something nice to have. And it is, you know, especially if you're a baseball fan. But it's amazing how many ballparks have been abandoned that were good ballparks. It's one thing when a stadium's time has come. And I love Rosenblatt Stadium for the College World Series. That was also the AAA home of the Omaha Royals mm. uh, for many, many years as well. So that was a minor league stadium, uh, too, but it was far better known as the home of the College World Series. And there is a memento there, and I think the zoo expanded to take over a lot of its property. Um, and I understand why they had to redo Rosenblatt, but, man, it was a lot better. <laughs> I've been to the new ballpark in downtown Omaha. It's just not the same. Sometimes you can't transfer what made a place so special to begin with. There's less and less new ballparks opening every year. This year at the professional level, there's one in uh, Utica, Michigan. I'm saying the name of that city right for an independent league team. One in Columbia, South Carolina. And there's one in Hartford, Connecticut that was supposed to open and hasn't yet. And who knows if it's going to happen this year. And next year we'll have a new spring training facility in West Palm Beach, Florida for the Nationals and the Astros, and, of course, the Braves in Cobb County. Um, so there's less and less you know, possibilities to open up new ballparks at the professional level, but knowing some of the architects in the industry, and uh, you know, they told me a few years ago, the next big push, and we've kind of seen that at the collegiate amateur level, mm-hmm. um, where colleges, universities are starting to open up uh, new ballparks. I believe there's even one in... Chicago in the past year or so, uh, Curtis Granderson, uh, the outfielder for the Yankees, um, donated out uh, to the Mets now, donated the money to make sure that happened on one of the campuses there. So I think that we're going to see nicer facilities at the collegiate level because we're somewhat maxed out at the professional level. Part of that's who's going to pay for it. Graham Knight, our guest, his website, baseballpilgrimages.com. It's the real deal. Check it out. I guarantee you, you'll learn something you did not know. 